Hello, my name is Pastor Keon Henderson. To my right, I have Pastor Torrance Moore. To his right, we have Pastor Damon Hammond. And this is another episode of Tackle the Text. Uh, how you guys doing today? Doing good, Pastor. Good, man. man the last two weeks, Woo. the feedback has been incredible. Like, whose idea, who was crazy enough to come in front of a camera and tell people that it was not important to love self over everything else? Whose idea was that? Oh, man. It just was floating in the It was just floating, floating in the atmosphere. I remember um, I came out um, two weeks ago, and Ricky met me at the door, and he said, uh, what are you going to talk about? I said, relationships. And I said, but I'm thinking about this thing about self. And he said, you need to go with that. He said, I see it everywhere we go. And I thought that when it resonated in his spirit and it resonated in my spirit, and then we sat down and we talked about it for an hour plus, yeah. never yeah. having had any discussions at all, about it. Um, and I think that today is uh, a unique opportunity to also find ourselves uh, in another area of conversation that I think that the world is discussing. Mm-hmm. And that is in the area of relationships. Yeah. In the area of relationships. And, and it's not just about romantic relationships because you can have relationships of all kinds with all kinds of people, professional relationship, working relationship, your relationship with money, uh, parent-to-child relationship, Mm -hmm. child-to-parent relationship, adult-to-adult relationship. So so today I kind of want to break down some of the nuances and some of the important um, uh, entities of relationship. And uh, I'll start off with a definition. Uh, I had a pastor. He was theologically sound. Mm -hmm. Uh, He used to do a lot of uh, etymology and euphemisms on words. And he would say this. He says that a relationship is nothing more than two people relating in the same ship. Mm. Yeah. Could you imagine being at sea somewhere floating off of the coast of, of a continent in the middle of nowhere and only two people on the same ship? survival would be dependent on how those two people relate. So, Pastor Hammond, um, I I just kind of want to open it up. Uh, Obviously, you've been married uh, for 20-plus years. Uh, You and your wife have children. So so you understand relationship. To me, you're one of the most mild-mannered, coupled with wise wisdom uh, individuals that I've ever met. Uh, we have a saying around here um, on campus about uh, he's just steady. Yeah, he's, he's the yeah. same way every, same every time you meet him. Has steadiness been uh, one of your um, decisions? Um, is it your character? Or is it something that you intentionally do to foster all of the relationships that you have all around you? Uh, Pastor, I think for me, being steady um, comes from a, a lifestyle of instability. Mm. Meaning, growing up, uh, I was raised by a single mother like yourself and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from or the sheriff coming to put a notice on your door that if you don't pay in five days, you're going to be evicted. Um, If anything that I could control was myself, and that was my stability. And so what I've tried to um, encourage Capsulate into my life uh, in personal, in work, uh, in relationships is that I think one of the keys to being in a relationship, you said it being relatable um, and it's communication because if we dissect failed relationships, it stems from a lack of communication. 
and most importantly, um, in order for you to, to relate to somebody, uh, one of the termites of every relationship are assumptions. Mm. And I think wow. when we can get beyond what we Ooh. assume of a person, assume how they feel, assume what they know, and really get to know them, it goes back to our love conversation, will be more relatable, and the relationship will be more advantageous for both parties. I want to really hone in on something you said that uh, was it expectation or what was the word you just used? Assumption is the termite of a relationship. So we know that a termite uh, is a bug uh, that just eats eats away the foundation of a thing. What you can't see. That which you cannot see. So so the assumption uh, is the hidden thing that eats away at the thing that the thing is standing on. And it happens in a way you cannot see it. Can you go deeper on that, on that thought? Yeah, and so I think with that, um, if we really um, are mindful, it's healthy not to assume. Uh, and so I try to be more intentional that when I deal with people, um, you know, a young lady, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, a young lady, a peer of mine, she's having to go um, to the boardroom to meet with our CFO, $5 billion company. And she says, oh, he called me to the boardroom a little nervous. I said, girl, you've been to the boardroom before? And I trivialized her experience. And I had just left the boardroom last week. And because I felt confident and have gone many times, I made, in my mind, I had to go back and repent in my office and said, I, I assumed that she had it. But in that moment, I didn't have empathy that she really was uh, feeling anxiety and apprehensive. And I had to go back and I said, you know what? I'm sorry for saying what I said because I wasn't empathetic to your feeling. What I really should have did is encourage and say, girl, you got this. That's and amazing. so I assumed yeah. that she had it, but if I was more empathetic, I would have been showing her more love in that moment. I, I wow. love that. I love wow. that idea because, uh, to be honest, when you said it um, from the perspective standing outside of her, I saw no offense mm-hmm. to the statement. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that that's a customary response to somebody mm-hmm. who's going into that area, and that mm-hmm. was you being you. But to have a deeper level of empathy, and I think empathy is a big word, much bigger than sympathy. Um, Having empathy for a person, which is feeling what they feel. Mm -hmm. And then you did something that most people don't do in relationships, and I'll let you come uh, in here, Pastor. You turned around and went back. Because I think that the standoff in most relationships is you have two people waiting on somebody to come to them. Uh, but but then it seems like to me that in order to garner a healthy relationship from someone who obviously has mastered stability, then somebody has to turn around and go back. It's the only way we can repair our fellowship, not relationship with God. Because remember, our relationship can never be disrepaired because it's covered by the blood of Jesus. But our fellowship, fellowship. with him can absolutely be restrained. And And Pastor Torrance, let's talk about that because... When most people go through things in their homes or in their jobs or with their family, are they dealing with relationship problems or are they dealing with fellowship mm. problems? I think, I think on just on that right there, Pastor, that they're dealing with fellowship problems. Uh, a lot of times when we are, when we are having rela- areas of, re- of, of issue in our relationship is because maybe our fellowship may be damaged a little. Mm. You know, we, we always use that, um, the analogy of the cross that, you know, if we're good vertical, yeah. then we can be good horizontal. horizontal. And oftentimes when the horizontal is off, it's probably because our vertical is off as well. Mm. 
but a lot of, but a lot of people uh, really don't have enough awareness of self mm. to know when the vertical is out of line. Like when my self-awareness, when I'm, when, I'm so, when I'm so aware of what is done to me, then I know that my vertical, I'm, I'm worried about my vertical, I mean my horizontal, because I'm so aware of what you're not doing for me or what maybe you have offended me in whatever way you've done. But when my vertical is intact, then I'm, I'm not so much concerned about what you've done. I'm concerned about how we can repair what has been done. So I think a lot of times the fellowship is out of whack. And, and fellowship has always helped. I got a, I got a nephew, um, my brother's son. Uh, he's a Division I football college mm-hmm. athlete. And I remember racing him when he was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and he's 22 right now, right when he got around 14 to 15 years old, mm-hmm. I raced him, and I only won by right. a step. Mm-hmm. And I started to recognize that the relationship mm-hmm. was changing, not mm-hmm. between him and I, but the relationship of, oh, now I can't compete with him. Now I have to join in with him because the last time we raced, I was only one step better. Mm-hmm. Realizing that when another person is progressing and you're digressing, when another person is learning mm-hmm. and another person isn't, all of those things and realizing uh, where you're superior and where you're not and who should balance the money and, and, mm-hmm. and who shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Not, not who makes it because sometimes the person who makes the money isn't good at keeping it, yeah. uh, just, yeah. just releasing things. And here's what the Bible says in First Thessalonians 5 and 11. Mm-hmm. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I think that one of the pillars of successful relationship is knowing that it is your job to build the other person up. Um, I was talking to a young man in Los Angeles not too long ago. He's a a singer, uh, won't say his name, but he said of him and his girlfriend, he said, the reason why we get along he says it's because we talk about this fact that it is not me against you. It is us, us against, against the problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when I tell you that that was such an aha, uh, mm-hmm. illuminating moment uh, that uh, the enemy wants us after each other. Yeah. But that's why the scripture says we wrestle not against flesh, ag- and against flesh and blood. So, Pastor Hammond, what do you think when you hear this story or the idea or the scripture that says, it, listen, our job. In relationship, and this is not just for romance. This mm-hmm. is um, colleague. Mm-hmm. 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 This is work relationship. This is uh, society. Yeah. That yeah. our initial responsibility uh, for those who are outside of us is to build each other up yeah. and and to encourage each other. What are your thoughts when you hear that, Pastor? I I, I just want to go back to something I said. I sent you recently. Uh, because I think in relationships, we got to understand um, that in most relationships, to be successful, it comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was mm-hmm. a quote that I got and I sent. It says, when it comes to the law of price tag, there are only two kinds of uh, groups or teams, relationships who violate this. Those who don't realize the price of success and those who know the price but are not willing to pay for it. I think in relationships, we have to um, co-join with individuals who understand that 
there's a price to be paid, and are you willing to pay the price with me for this relationship to be successful? Mm -hmm. And if you're not willing to pay the price, then okay, mm -hmm. uh, you got to find your price somewhere else. But yeah. I need to be, because uh, the Bible says, if I, so one can chase a thousand to flight, but two, two 10, can taste. So there's power in unity or togetherness uh, to do exponential more than I can do single-handed. You know, I, yeah. I really think that as simplistic as our conversation may appear to be on the surface, that there are some deep, deep nuggets, deep nuggets that, that can be drawn from this well. Um, there is a price to pay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you willing to pay, pay that price? price? So then that means that when relationships fail, it's because somebody opted not to pay a price. <laughs> Absolutely. Because there was always a price that was associated with it. And I think that it's brilliant to think of it from that perspective because I don't know if many of us would walk in thinking, you know what? I'm going to be in this with you and know there's a price. I th we're looking for a free ride. Yeah. I mean, one that's devoid of arguing and one yeah. that's devoid yeah. of frustration and one that's devoid of, uh, of isolation and the seasons of love. But, but, but your perspective, which I think is superior to that of many of us, is that we should go in knowing, Pastor Torrance, that there is a price and that we should only be with somebody Who's willing to assume our cost? Ooh, man, Pastor, you just said something, man. Because you have to go into the relationship knowing that we don't have a part separate. Mm -hmm. That that this rock that we that we're about to lift isn't divided. This rock is one rock that we lifting together. And if you fail on your side, I have to be strong enough for a little while to carry that whole thing until you get strong enough to carry it with me. And sometimes I think we're not ready to do the work of a relationship. Like, it's work when I, gotta, when I have to tell myself that I got to be quiet sometime. Because if I keep talking, I'm going to damage more of the relationship. Mm. Like, it's more work. It's work to tell yourself that, that I got to be concerned about you. I got to push you forward. You know, and what about my dreams? And what about my aspirations? See, that's work to put someone else first. It's, 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 it's the Christ method, Pastor. That if we're married, marriage is supposed, supposed to mimic the relationship that Christ has with the church. Yes, sir. So if, if I'm not being, being sacrificial in my relationship mm -hmm. to push someone else forward, that's what Christ did for us. Yeah. He came down here. He said, my bride has a problem. She has a sin problem. Mm -hmm. I need to go down there, take care of that problem, make sure that she's good, and then go back to the father. Okay, so if, I, if my bride or my spouse has a problem, I have to make sure that I go down there, take care of that problem the best way that I can, push her forward, push him forward, and then make sure the relationship is level. Sometimes we're just too selfish, Pastor. I love that. And you talked about what you would say. For, uh, Ephesians 4 and 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come, come out of your out mouth. Of your mouth. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, yeah, that it may it. benefit those who listen. That's it. You know what? You two are married, mm -hmm. but myself and countless thousands of people will be watching this saying, yeah, they married, right? Um, that's, that's okay for them. But what's, how does the advice change? <laughs> um, uh, how does the perspective change? You're talking about selflessness and, and, and the cost, but should single people be paying the same cost for people that they're dating? Should, should single people be as dedicated 
um, in, 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 in walking that path? And, and should we hire the exterminator to snuff out the termites Absolutely. Uh, the same way as you? Or is there a different set of rules for people who are not in covenant? Mm. Pastor, I think it's applicable in, in any situation. Uh, go back to my childhood. I had a grandmother who owned multiple businesses, a lot of money. Uh, my f- stepfather married my mother. We are doing okay. He lost his job. We hit rock bottom. My mom made $30 too much a month for a household of three to get any kind of public aid. The school lunch, which we had to pay for back then, I couldn't get free lunch, reduced. Mm. That uh, 40 cent, 45 cent for lunch was my meal for the day. And by the way, 45 cent was so hard to get every day so I could have mm. lunch. My, God. my grandmother would then take me out to eat to back east of places like KNW, and on a weekend we go to mm. Red Lobster. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's the Papa Do's of, yeah, the, of, yeah, yeah. of Texas. Yeah, Red Lobster, yeah. Um, and it would become so popular <laughs> that I remember my mom telling me, she's taking you out to eat because she doesn't like my stepfather because he's a, pa- a minister, and you are okay her feeding you but she won't feed us. Mm. And I remember having this, being so brave at 13 years old. I was just licensed to minister at 13. And remember being so brave to go against my grandmother and say, you know what? I'm not going to let you take me out anymore to eat unless you can do the same for my parents. So I say it's applicable to anything because there's a child that's in a broken home from a, a a divorce relationship, and the one parent is doing so much for the child but won't do for the other parent that really needs it. So I think it's, it's applicable in any scenario yeah. that you have to deny yourself for somebody else for the relationship. Yeah. So Pastor Torrance, that's Pastor Hammond's perspective, but what about the person online who's still saying, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't know I don't know if I'm supposed to because they'll tell you, you know, they'll tell uh, women, you know, don't act like a husband before you are a husband. You shouldn't be mm-hmm. ironing his underwear and clipping his toenails and <laughs> he ain't put a ring on it. Don't be doing all of that. Wait, 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 wait. And But but also, but that guy has that expectation that if I'm going to make you my wife, I want to see if you will yeah. wash the clothes and yeah. cook the meals and clip yeah. the toenails. So, and I, that's funny about the clipping the toenails because I don't know nobody who do that. Just But it's true. Now, my wife do clip my toenails. Right? See, Reverend? Ain't that ah, but I'm blessed. The wife did. <laughs> oh, hey. The one, the one, that woman clipped my toenail. But she do it. <laughs> she do it. Praise God for Kim. I love <laughs> Thank God for Sister Kim Moore. Sister Moore. She'll Sister clip Moore. the toenails, Reverend. She clipped my toenail, Reverend. But, but, you know, the reason I married a Reverend, this is something. It's going to help somebody right here. This one right here. <laughs> the, re- the reason is, she do, she do clip my toe. That but wasn't the reason why that you married her. No, that wasn't the reason. But, but, let me tell you though, Reverend, the reason, reason I married her, because she clipped them before I asked them. So you didn't have to Reverend. ask her. <laughs> <laughs> Reverend, she clipped, she clipped my toe. We were, we were dating and I started representing <laughs> after a long day after of work. A long day at work. And you had hard work back then. Man, I was yeah, working. You worked at it. Oh, I worked in Slumberjay. Yeah. Ten years in oil and gas. Man, we was I was dating that woman. And I came, this is for some of y'all women who need to, this good lesson. I date that woman. I came up to that house. To visit. To visit. Mm-hmm. 
She said, sit down, boy. Your, hat, your, your toenails look horrible. She took them, started, took them feet and started clip, 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 clip. I said, oh, this is my wife. Because any woman, the Bible says when a man findeth a wife, yeah, that's he findeth a good thing, obtain favor from the Lord. Now, let me ask this question. How in the world are he going to know your wife? Because when I find you, when I see you, I don't know what you're capable of. But when I start working with you, then I know if you're a wife or not. A wife will look, will perform wife duties. Now, I know this against everything that people have been taught out here. But a wife will perform wife duties before she asks to be. Because the only reason. In God. Yeah, in God. In God. Yeah, in God. Because a woman would take care of a man before he asks, and a man would take care of a woman before she asks because he has an expectation of that woman that he first has to provide. That goes back to covenant. Yes, sir. Yeah. So then when, when I find it a wife, I'm not marrying you hoping that you a wife. Mm. I'm marrying you because I wow. saw one. Wow. I found one. I found one. What is a wife? A covenant holder? And she looked like a Proverbs 31 woman before I asked her to be one. So then now I said, now I'm confident that I have a woman who can uphold the covenant with me. She's been clipping my toenail before I asked and still clipping them now. But the only reason I know that that was my wife, because she was doing things for me that a wife did before I asked her to be. Hey, man, you know what, ladies, (laughs) ladies, ladies, that is a lesson. Um, Guys, that's a lesson um, because we do not. Uh, want to be uh, to appear to be sexist because we'll get all the comments and say yeah, all yeah, on the yeah. women and not the yeah, men. But yeah. he's speaking from his perspective. From his but perspective. it goes both ways. It goes both ways. That that you 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 have Man. to be found being faithful. Absolutely. Go cut the grass to your depressed yeah. you date. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, I was doing all that. I was, Man, Rev. When I got when I got my bonus checks, I would take care of two women in my life. Well, four of them. I would take care of my mama. I would take care of Kim. And I would take care of my sisters. When I got my bonus checks from oil and gas, I mean, them bonus checks would be nice. And I would come home, and I would say, Ma, I got my bonus. Take care of you. Kim knew I'm coming over there. I wasn't even married to her, really. I was taking care of her, trying my best to, to show her that I am capable of As doing material. it. Yes, sir, before I put the ring on it. Mm. Now, now, not only did she have to accept me asking, but I had to first uh, have have uh, she had to first have confidence in me to even say yes, because she knew that I was going to be a provider before I got to the house. And so it's being it's it's yes, being sir. who it's being who you are. Yes, sir. And not morphing into who they Indeed. need you to be. No, sir. Or what's expected. You know, I just thought about that, and this is for every person who's looking. For somebody, if you're looking for a spouse or a mate or if you're looking to be discovered by one, two things that I think you should look for. Yes, sir. Okay? People ask me all this time, how do I know? How do I know? I can't tell you how to know who the person is outside of this. Yeah. Just make sure. You, you can't go wrong if you make sure they have the right walk and the right wisdom. Woo! That's enough right there. Just, just make walk sure that they have walk. walk. And wisdom. wisdom. And I got scripture. Yes, sir. I got scripture. Proverbs 13 and 20. There it is. The Bible says, walk with the wise <laughs> and become wise. <laughs> For a companion of fools suffers Suffer. harm. Wow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if I'm a companion of a fool, then my result is mm-hmm. I suffer harm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. If I am dating or married or connected to somebody who has a walk in wisdom, yes, sir. then the byproduct of that is wisdom. Yes, sir. So the way you know you're in the right relationship is you're becoming wiser. Yes, sir. You see? And please, please know, you don't know you're in the right relationship just because they turn you on. No, sir. You're not in the right relationship no, just because they can afford to take you to the most exquisite restaurants and because they can drop you off a car with a bow on the top of it and, and get you the shoes and the purses and the bags yeah, or, that, that, or yeah, like, they, out, find you out or, as they yeah. say, getting flued out. Yeah. You know, none of that means anything. The way you know that you are in a covenant situation yeah. is you are increasing in walk and increasing man. in wisdom. I, I can testify to that, man, because, you know, I can talk about this more all day. But my life has increased with her. Like, before I got with her, Reverend, <laughs> credit score. Have you, you ever had a low credit score, Pastor? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, my credit was <laughs> But when I got with her... Man, my, 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 my credit been better than ever. Mm-hmm. My, my savings account. I think Anthony Hamilton sing a song like that. Saving money. Hmm. I've been doing that. Yeah. You know, got houses, Reverend. Right. And all that really don't mean nothing. But what really meant something to me was that I was able to do it. Yeah. Because of the relationship. Hmm. Because of the relationship, the things that she added to my life. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I can testify to that, that she has given me wisdom. Yeah. And in I the th- walk. I think Pastor Torrance, uh, back to what you said, you know, he that finds wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. Yes, sir. I, I think in some relationships, you know, if we look male, female, um, there's some relationships that we got in them for the wrong reason. And we mm. thought they were blessing, but we didn't have favor. And so yeah. favor is blessing better than the blessing mm. because yes, favor will get me indoors. And yes, like sir. you said, yes, with sir. your wife helping you with credit, and I, I think about the same thing with with my wife, you know, just the um, seeing what I can't see. Um, as stable Ooh. as I am, uh, if I'm honest, some of that was from my past growing up, but a lot of that was just having a stable wife yeah. uh, where her mind was always stable, stable. wasn't fickle, hmm. could think for herself. <laughs> um, and when I couldn't think for myself, she helped me think. She helped you think. Uh, without um, usurping authority over um me as the man, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so important. I think that's a compliment. And I think yeah, a good man. relationship, we learn to compliment one another, compliment one another. Um, as opposed to trying to be better than one another. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be complimenting versus competition is, is what I hear. And I think uh, that relationships suffer is because it's typically a competition and both people are trying to diminish how much they're going to lose. How much ground am I going to lose if I lose this argument? How, how much authority am I going to lose if, if I don't say this thing? How much am I going to lose? And so when you're competing yeah. for the loss, then you cannot ascertain the gain. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about it from both ways. And I'll start with us men um, because the Bible says in Colossians 3 and 19, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Yeah. I think... And I've learned this. One of the things that causes a woman to lock the keys to her heart, and I know infidelity will do it. Yes, sir. Um, I know that uh, not feeling safe will do it. Yes, sir. Um, I know that her not being able to trust you will do it. 
you know, you say one thing and do another thing. All of those things do. But I think that one of the biggest doors to a woman's heart that has the most complicated lock Mm -hmm. of which only a single key can open is she is very, very apt not to respond to harshness. That, that she can forgive you um, for doing a myriad of different things. But if you are consistently harsh to a woman, yeah. I think that that locks a door that not even she knows yeah. how to always unravel and unlock. Wow. Have you ever had an wow. instance wow. where you were harsher than you needed to be? And you want it, and this is men because we want this. We can be harsh today and expect that moments after the harshness, she should be fine. fine. We're moving on and we're going on. But that harshness sticks with her and it lingers with her. Have you ever had an instance like that? Yeah, Pastor. um, Many times in, in, um, in, in my 27 years being married, for me, it wasn't always harshness in what I said, but it was what I did. Mm. And what I did most often was going to the, internally, going to my breaker box and cutting off all the power. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now that, did you, ladies and gentlemen, did you hear what he just said? Now, I need everybody to just put in the comments, breaker box. Breaker box. Because... And I want you to explain that. And I want you to get that imagination, that image in your head, that breaker box where all of the wires and all of the lines come to this one place. And you can set all of them individually. Mm -hmm. But on top of them all is one switch Mm -hmm. that when you need a reset in the whole house, the main, the main, (laughs) you just hit it and it shuts down everything. And and men, we got a main switch. (laughs) Please explain. Because uh, there's a woman out there, she doesn't understand her man's triggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't understand his switches. Tell her about what it means to be a man and what we do with our main switch and how she can get it back on. From a male's perspective, we trust our women to be our vault. Meaning, we trust them enough that we can put our most valuable things in them with hopes that because they have access they won't let anybody else get it, or they won't throw it back in our face. And when a woman uh, devalues or misappropriates what we've placed in the vault, we'll shut it off. And what I found myself doing is not, over, not only cutting off my main breaker, but then I would start to segment. Uh, so uh, if I talked being um, early on in my marriage, yeah, yeah. My, my wife would say, you a mama's boy. <laughs> um, I would cut the circuit off at home, mm-hmm. but the circuit to my mom would be open. Yeah. And I would cut off the circuit to my home, my wife, but the circuit to the church be was open. open. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was creating this environment saying, you have connection to all these others, but you've shut me out. Yeah. And I had to learn that although it may seem like, well, I'm a son, I'm supposed to do this for my mama. Every time your mama call you, you're always over there. I'm supposed to do that. But there were times I had to say, she can wait till tomorrow. Church, I'm a pastor. I got to do this. No, somebody else could do that. I had to go back. Preacher told me when I was teens, 
Your first ministry is, your is at home. Yes, sir. I think that is such good wisdom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's, it's, it's no secret after hearing you speak um, why. And I know it's been difficult. It's hard. But it's no secret now as to why I see you being successful in all the ways mm-hmm. I see you succeeding. I never corresponded emotions to a breaker box in that which we can go into our breaker box and intentionally shut off conduits to things where we are offended while the thing that's offended watches us remaining open Mm -hmm. somewhere else. And and then I think this is another level of frustration. The thing that we shut the power off to is watching us keep the power open to another thing that's draining our power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's using our power. That's using all of it. That's taking advantage of the power. And here is the power source that could help help Mm mate. Watching the power drainer Mm -hmm. Take take it all away. And I never thought about segmenting segments of our hearts. Yes, sir. Where certain things are turned on to certain people and, and, and certain things are turned off to others. I think that's a great perspective. Pastor yes, Thomas. No, I thought it was a great perspective too, man. And I was, as, as you were talking, Pastor Herman, I thought about something. I said, you know, a lot of times um, we can shut down those breakers or segment breakers uh, in the places where we don't feel safe. And then open up the breakers in the places where we think we are safe. Like coming to the church and you're saying, if the church breaker is open. I'm safe there. I'm safe there. Mm. You know, but at home, I'm not understood. A lot of men think that way. Unsafe. I'm unsafe. Uh, oh, well, mama's over there and, and I'm safe there, but I'll cut that one on. And over here, uh, she, 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 she might be a little jealous of mama. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting that breaker down. Mm-hmm. See, it's things like that that flow through men, men's mind and we start shutting things down because we don't feel safe in certain areas. So are you, most, most women may not know this. So what you're saying is, is that men feel unsafe too? Yeah. Absolutely. We feel, we feel just as unsafe as women do. Because if I, if I don't, if I feel as if you're not the one that's going to hold me, or maybe you, maybe you think your opinion should be mine. And maybe you think that the way you think about something should be the way I perceive it. That becomes an unsafe place because then your opinion begins to supersede my feelings, my thoughts, my, 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 my mindset, how I feel about things. You want your opinion to become mine, and then that, be, that makes an unsafe area for me. Because if I can't vocalize what I'm feeling to you, I got to find another place where I can, and I'm going to shut down the breaker here. I'm going to go over there, and then now I'm open. I'm open. That, that was a problem for me. Because I, I would come here, and you know how I am, Pastor. You know, I'm, this is me every day. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to joke. I'm going to drink my coffee. But my wife would say, well, that's not who you are when you get here. Because at one time, I didn't feel safe. So then I had to learn how to maybe step away from this breaker, leave this breaker open, take a chance and open that breaker back up, and then assert myself in that area assert myself in that area. And then the more I started talking, the more I started being open, the more I started asserting, then 
she started seeing and, and creating a, a, a safe place for me. This is what I believe and I say in my counseling, Pastor, that a man sets the tone of a relationship. The woman creates the atmosphere of it. Love it. So if a man goes in and he sets a tone, I had to set a new tone in my house, which now the tone that I'm setting, Kim creates the atmosphere for. I get home, it's peace in there. It's, 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 it's welcoming in there. It's warm in there. You know, sometimes I go in a good pot of beans cooking, you know, and, and because the atmosphere is right. But it didn't, it didn't I, I, I at first was expecting her to set the atmosphere so it can change my tone. But I'm the man in this relationship. So the man has to go in, set a new tone in his house, and watch that woman create an atmosphere. She can't even help herself. She created to create, to create an atmosphere for you. That's the way God wired her. And, 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 and because your tone is off and your, 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 your harshness is there and you don't quite understand who she is, the Bible says, husband, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. Learn who your wife is. Learn what make her tick. Learn what, who she is from the origin, the genesis of who she is. Down in her, in her childhood, go back there. If she deals with anxiety, go find out who is dealing with anxiety in her family. Is it a hereditary thing? How many generations she been dealing with that thing? Because now when you understand, when you dwell with her according to understanding, then you can set the right tone, she'll create the right atmosphere, and your house will flow. But don't expect for her to change if you don't. No, no, it starts with you, brother. You got to set the right tone in there. You talking, man. Set the right tone. Watch how your house feels. Yeah. You got to go in and do something different. Because she, was, she is a reflection of who you are. My grandfather would say, I can tell if your marriage is out of whack. You ask a man, he's going to say, oh, yeah, we good, Pastor. We good. They do that right now, Reverend. Man, how things going? Oh, we good. Men give highlights. We good, man. No, you got to go to that woman. Because a woman going to reflect you. You go to that woman, ask her, she's going to start talking. Reverend, pray for him. He, he Pray for him. He need prayer. Pray for us. Mm-hmm. She ain't giving off no secrets. The vault is still locked. Right. But she's just letting you know that so my code is getting, yeah. it's getting timed out now. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to go in here and fix something because in a little bit, I'm going to open my vault. <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you ever noticed? Man, that was so awesome. That's so awesome. Guys, if you are listening to that, that that's... That's free counseling session. I mean, you should get your spouse and rewind that and listen to it over and over again. Have you ever noticed that typically the breaker box is in the most unfinished or most uncomfortable place in the home? It is, man. You have to leave out of the air condition of the home in the summertime yes, to go in the hot garage or hot in garage. some homes it's outside. On the side. On the side. Yes, sir. Have you ever noticed... That the door to a breaker box is always hard to open. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you got to lift it and then pull it. Yeah. Ain't no matter if the house is old or new. Right? Don't matter if it's old or new. Yeah. The door to the breaker box, it's, it's always got to be shifted yeah. and, yeah. Pulled and rigged and pulled, pulled up and yeah. pulled out. And yeah. you got to watch your fingers. And it may have a lock on it because you don't want nobody across there to come and plug into right. it. Right. <laughs> Because, see, an unprotected breaker box can be infiltrated. And people can be stealing power from it for a long time. (laughs) And if you don't go look at it every once in a while, you won't know it. Say it, man. I thought about how difficult, if our hearts are breakers, what advice do you have for somebody who's watching 
about not giving up in the process of trying to find the right angle to open the door. Mm. Because, see, some people are saying, I'm willing. Yeah, I'm willing, yeah. Pastor Hammond. I'm willing, yeah. Pastor Torrance. I will do it. But that door is so hard to get open. He won't hear me. She mm-hmm. won't see me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's what Leah was trying to do. Yes, sir. When she kept having children. children. Yes, sir. She was trying to get him to see, to see her, her and then to hear her mm. and to recognize her. And it wasn't until she had a fourth child and named him Judah, which mm-hmm. means to praise. So she said, since you won't hear me, see, you won't, you won't, you won't be connected to me. You won't hear me, see me, be connected. This time I'm going to praise the Lord. And everybody doesn't give up on Judah. Some people just say, you know what, forget you. I give up. Mm. Because I've been, I've been yanking at this door and I can't mm. get in. What do you do mm, mm, mm. when, because I think that you guys are talking better than I could. What do you do mm. when you get to a door to a heart that's hard to open? Pastor, I, I look at that. The Bible says um, from the heart flows the issues of life. Mm. Yes, sir. Um, and I, I think whether the door is hard to open, what we are blessed with is this the the blessing that the connection is centralized to get to gain access. Um, when I moved here in Virginia, we had circuit breakers, but it wasn't until I moved here to Texas that uh, I found that now here, the way they build homes out here, maybe other places, that even the plumbing has a breaker box, a centralized place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can open up the door yeah, and yeah. all the hoses, yeah. can, you can turn the water <laughs> off. And I think about that, that as a heart, it's, it's a place of access, but most of the times in relationships, we love, when, when it's back to self-love, we, we're loving from our mind instead of loving from our heart, and mm. thus flows the issues mm. of our heart, because when I love from my mind, I have this false perception of love, and if I'm in self-love, I, I become inebriated in my own drunkenness of who I am, but if I yes, love sir. from my heart, then I'm not yes, intoxicated in myself, yes, sir. but as the song said, I'm drunk in love on, on, on what it is of who you are, not yeah. what you do for me. Woo! You know, I, I become so intoxicated by just, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like the dating phase that you just, mm. man, just being around you just makes me mm. da 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 And even in, when you get to the you, you've seen those couples. You talked about it on yeah. on Father's Day. You got their, 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 the couple. You see them at the mall. They're holding hands. Been married 50 years. They're 80 years old. And they have that same kind of kitty love that you see these little Thundercats doing at 20 <laughs> at the mall. Like they just can't stop touching one. It's, I've built this love from my heart. And my love has been tested. And because it's been tested over relationship, it's not about my mind or stuff on the outside. My love has now been tested. Mm. When you talk mm. about tested, I was sitting down uh, with a bishop not too long ago, and he has a couple in his church. They had been married 25-plus years. Mm-hmm. They got divorced after 25-plus years. I think six or seven years later, they end up remarrying each other. And in that seven years, they stayed friends. And this is one thing that I don't understand, Mm -hmm. why all relationships have to end in catastrophic conditions. Yeah, yeah. 
that sometimes they should be able to end on good terms. But that's a whole nother that's story. A whole nother story. But they remained friends in that process, even though they had divorced each other. And one parent died and the other one came to the funeral. Then another parent died, the other one went to the funeral. They just kept supporting each other. Six, seven years later, they ended up getting married. And that preacher looked at me and he said something that changed my life. He said, time only made them what they would have been if they would have fought it out. Mm. That those six or seven years were going to be tough anyway, and they could have spent them together, and they were going to end up coming out on the other side of it. Isn't that good advice? They were going to come out on the other side of it, those two individual people anyway. I think that sometimes we get out of line too quick. That the process becomes so difficult that we can't see our way through, so we Mm. see our way out. Wow. And that people like yourselves who have been up against every fight that everybody else has been up against. Yeah. Every every moment of anxiety that everybody, but you did something that 50% of us watching have never done. And that was to remain open in the breaker box and not to shut the power down to the whole house Mm -hmm. because the bathroom plug doesn't work. Mm. Because even now in these new houses, you talk about the centralized systems of electricity and water, plugs now also have their own individualized reset switch. Absolutely. So it doesn't even have to be reset at the breaker box. It can be reset right right there at the source. And is it true that there are people watching us who are dating people, Mm -hmm. who through the process has upgraded themselves. But because sometimes we're self-focused and self-motivated, we don't even see that the person who we used to be is no longer as hard to (laughs) reset as they used to be. And now we're going outside, which Mm -hmm. is what a lot of us do. Whenever we're not comfortable inside, we go outside Outside. to reset. And we we can go anywhere with that. Really? But now it's possible through the blood of Jesus Christ for us to reset right inside of the home. My goodness. The Bible says, and this is for people who are starving for relationships. Mm. 